Hi everyone, welcome to Olga Davidson Awakening Podcast and today I have a special guest, Amanda Rassam, and we're gonna talk about sacred sexuality. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah, the first question I would love to ask you is whether ever you had a moment of awakening when your life was split to before and after. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's there's been actually like many moments like that. I'm actually remembering I I had in my mind that there was this one time and it actually came to my awareness recently that there was a time even before that. And it was actually in uh, a meditation that I did with, his name is Corey Sheik. He's an Ottawa teacher. And I remember we were doing basically what's called like moving the Kundalini energy. I didn't know that at the time, right? I was just sitting there being like, oh, I'm focusing on my third eye. I'm focusing on my throat. Like I didn't realize that what I was doing was actually awakening a life force energy within myself, you know, moving the column of attention and awareness and energy from the base of my spine up through each of the chakras, you know, holding it in my head and then moving it back down. It was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. And I remember having this sense of calm and it was, you know, being that I had like all this anxiety and, you know, history of depression, I was kind of like, what just happened? (laughs) Why do I feel so good? I don't get it. And it was like my first, I think, real meditation experience where my mind kind of quieted and shortly after that I started to then explore um just areas of my like you know I was very I was very uh logical analytical research-based I came from a science background everything had to be in fact and in like I cannot believe it if I don't tangibly see it have it in my hand like I don't know what you mean like it was very masculine and uh once I meditated I remember that I this, this yeah, second situation is I went to go see an energy healer. Um, his name is Serge Flocary and he was amazing. And he was working with um, light, like light codes, like Palladian light energy, which at the time I was like, the fuck is that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but okay. And he's sitting there and he's telling me, you know, you have all these past lives and you, you know, he's talking about just different things that made no logical sense. Right. But I'm sitting there going, yeah, I don't know how you know that. And I don't know whether that's actually true, but I can feel my body relaxing with that information. And my body was always so high strung. So that was my first, probably like, I can still remember that very vividly in my mind that time. It was around September to January, 2017, that I started to go like, everything looks kind of different. And I couldn't really explain it. And only later realized that that was like the seed of consciousness that was planted and from there, it started to really open. Wow. Yeah. 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 Because I think my uh, spiritual journey started also from meditation and it was with singing bowls mm. in 2012. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a moment when I was completely disconnected from my mind and I went somewhere really far and the seed was planted. Then I started to have this interest and I started to explore more and then I had more experiences, which helped me to open even more. But uh, yes, meditation is one of the most powerful things to open this connection to your higher self. Yeah. And 2012 was the like end of the Mayan calendar, which (laughs) people people were like, oh, the world is going to end. And really like, so what I've learned recently is like Maya is like literally means of illusion. Mm-hmm. So it's like the time of illusion was over. And in 2012, people started to wake up to the illusion and started to awaken consciousness, 
So it's so interesting. You're like, in 2012, I went, I went somewhere. And I see <laughs> my <planted>. awakening started. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. It took me some time to start yeah. my podcast. Yeah, <laughs> better late than never. Yeah. Uh, what did you learn about Kundalini energy? What is that? Okay, let's talk about Kundalini. Mm-hmm. So Kundalini energy, um, also like, you know, known as like chi or life force or sexual energy or breath, prana. It's mm-hmm. the... It's the energy that brings um, life to our body, to our, our human body, our, our physical body, but also um, our energetic body. And so this kundalini energy, there are many ways to access it and to tap into it and to build it. And some of them are very strange, you know, like, you know, holding a, uh, <laughs> a mudra, like, you know, finger, like your hand in a certain position, like above your head and like breathing like breath of fire for seven minutes. And you're like, what the shit is the point of this? But you can like literally awaken new codes in your body with this breath work. And so ideally the Kundalini, we, we build it in the base of our spine and our root chakra um, at the, um, you know, at our tailbone. And we build it and move it up through our uh, sex chakra, our solar plexus, our heart, our throat, third eye and crown. And those are like the most basic of chakras. Apparently there's like 40 chakras, like yeah, I don't know all the chakras. Yes. I know the very basics of this, but through my own experience, um, I started practicing just becoming aware of these energy centers in my body. And I started to become aware of where I couldn't bring focused attention. Mm-hmm. So for instance, I could like, let's say sit in a meditation and I could imagine, you know, okay, I'm imagining, you know, my, my root chakra, I'm imagining my, my seat on the chair. I can imagine that like I'm growing roots down into the ground and I'm feeling very grounded and my, my root chakra is very active. Okay. I can, I can bring energy up into my sex chakra. I can imagine energy there. And then I would get to like my solar plexus and it would be like, skip. Like it wanted to just skip or move. It didn't want to actually be focused there. And I kind of started to recognize that where I was blocked, where the energy couldn't move, that was also psychosomatically or emotionally, or yeah, there was, there was other connections very interesting. So I was like, whoa, what's that about? And the more that I would go there, it's like, oh, there's like power and worth and self-esteem stuff. And only by bringing attention there could I actually heal it. Mm-hmm. Right. So the Kundalini energy is very powerful. Um, I've, I've heard and I think even myself now that I'm looking back on it, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that I've experienced this myself of when you have these Kundalini uh, awakenings, they can be in many different um, I guess like extremes and levels, but if you're not aware of what's happening, it can feel like you're going crazy because you're literally unlocking trauma in your body, right? So if you don't know how to hold that or heal through that or rest through it, it can feel like suddenly things are, yeah. It's like doing psychedelics. If you're not ready for that mentally, yeah, it can really drive you crazy. Oh my gosh. And then when you let's say take a psychedelic dose and then you do the Kundalini breath work. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Robert, uh, there was a time where my partner and I, we like, there's something uh, in, in the field that I work in called clearing denial. Okay. So clearing denial, it's like, I'm not talking denial, like, Oh, I'm going to eat that whole tree of brownies and there's no calories. Like that's not the denial I'm talking yeah, yeah. about. It's like the denial of just truly not knowing what's happening at a cellular unconscious level in your body. And we, um, in clearing denial, I do this with clients. I do this with myself. You're basically like tapping on the meridians in your body and opening up the channels of energy so that everything can communicate with itself. 
kind of like you are clearing a highway of traffic, right? You need to still get to point B, but if there's traffic in the way, it's going to be a lot harder and challenging. So instead of spending tons of time trying to like logically figure it out, you allow the body to to find the answer for you to move the communication. So interestingly, <laughs> thinking back to a time, um, there was once a time where Roberto and I, we microdosed and then we did this clearing denial and all this stuff, like karmic stuff, like past life, all this stuff within our life. that I'm like, oh my God, I never even knew that. Like, especially stuff around motherhood came up for me. And I was like, wow, as if just a, a couple just access points and breath work ignited this. Um, and like you said, similar to using a tool, like, you know, like because plant medicine is a tool. This is like an additional tool in your toolbox. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Very powerful. <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally. Tell me more about tantric sex. Okay. It's a big <laughs> field. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk tantric to sex. Lights there. Totally. Um, okay. Tantric sex. So this was also something as I started to explore my own Kundalini energy, I started to recognize just how sexually repressed I was. Right. And I consider myself to be someone who's very open, very fluid, very willing to like explore, you know, uh, myself. And still I was like, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of what this looks like for me. Like, I feel like there is like a sacred sexual priestess within me who like wants to be unlocked, but she's like kind of like just, just out of reach, you know? And so I started to get very curious about Tantra because interestingly, as you start to ask people about Tantra, you kind of get different opinions about it. Some people are very much like almost, um, offended because yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're like, Tantra is not just about sex. Like it's so much more than that. And it's like, it's almost like you're trying, it, they hear, or at least what I understand is that they're interpreting that in assuming that Tantra and sex are the only things that go together, it's like assuming that, let's say with yoga, mm -hmm. yoga is just about the postures or just about the vinyasa flow, which would be doing a great disservice to the whole realm of yoga, mm -hmm. right? So um, that's where I think it's almost like I can see where there can be that miscommunication and... I'm like, okay, but I feel like our society is very sexually repressed. So like, if that's what people need, let's just start there. If that's what is going to help people awaken to the rest of Tantra, if it's through, uh, you know, the, the highway to sexuality, like fabulous, let's go there. So Tantra, um, you know, is so much more than of course, just sex. Tantra is, it's a state of being. It's a it's an essence. It's a, it's a recognizing of like divine consciousness. It's like a connection to everything. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's a huge concept <laughs> to just be like, Oh yeah. Connection to everything and sex. Like there's, that's, those are two huge concepts. So I guess to really like, just, you know, give us a taste for today, it's being able to take, um, something such as sex and create such deeper meaning through recognizing the divine connection in it mm -hmm. and that it's not just something that you do like, oh, first we make out, then we take off her bra, <laughs> then we kiss her neck, then we start to go down on each other. Like, you know, it's not like a sequence. It's a state of being and it's um, a dance and an interplay of energy and that in connecting to that divine consciousness, you can experience 
very, yeah, like out of body, so to speak, experiences. And Mm -hmm. you may not actually float above yourself, but you might recognize like, wow, time just stopped. Mm -hmm. And like, I just let myself go all the way there because I was so present. And so Tantra is like, for me, it's very meditative. It's very much a, 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 a practice of meditation of coming back to our divine conscious Mm -hmm. connection to everything. That's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was learning Tantra a little bit too. It's a very interesting topic. And uh, I've heard that the best way to start practicing it for women is to get a yoni egg Mm. and exercise with that because it helps you to build energy. Mm-hmm. And then you start feeling better and then it, like you start to open different layers of mm. this sensitivity and yeah. uh, it really helps to awaken sexual level of your life. Yeah. And when you th- and what's interesting is that I think in the past I would have I'm like, I love crystals. I love gems like I would have in the past almost felt kind of silly for being like, oh, yeah, like, I, you know, a yoni egg can be so powerful or. Oh, a crystal can be so powerful. But when you actually recognize that every single cell phone has a quartz crystal in it, Mm. right? Like all of our technology has crystals in it because they are massive, massive conductors of energy. Like they're one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful source of energy. Like they're literally made from the earth, the pressure of the earth, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's wild when you think about (laughs) that. Like that's so crazy over like millions of years, right? And so... There is such a divine intelligence and divine energy within each crystal. Um, And I've heard people say, you know, if you're going to get a yoni egg, like, well, also you want to ensure that it's ethically sourced because you can get them, if you get them like off of any old site, like they could actually be glass that's dyed, like, you know, um, and you don't want to put that in your body. That would, that would leach. And so you want to instead go with an ethically sourced, like typically the, uh, the one that's most popular is like the jade jade canadian jade yeah. one yeah. of the best ones exactly i or got Ros- mine Rosac quartz yeah. yeah so i got a I, I got myself a canadian jade egg mm-hmm. and i made sure it was like the certified um yeah. certified egg and you know that alone um was very powerful and at the time i remember being like i think i want to get the black obsidian egg cuz that one's like black obsidian is like it will I've heard this intense one. It's intense. It's like it pulls out dark energy, right? It pulls out entities. Yeah. So it's like, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that one's. Yeah. (laughs) Let's, let's, let's put our toes in the pool. Let's not just jump in the deep end just yet. Um, But there's also, of course, so many other ways to move that energy. And there are people who uh, are practitioners of moving that energy. Like there's just so much you can do when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. So many powerful tools. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, Tell me what was the biggest lesson you've learned in your relationship? Oh my gosh. How long do you have? (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll do my best here. Um, I'll I'll let it channel through with what is most relevant to Mm -hmm. me right now. Um, Some massive lessons that I've learned in my relationship. So I'm currently um, dating uh, Roberto, Roberto Martinez. He's uh, my partner. Tell me more about what you do together. We work as the conscious couple. And we help couples and singles ultimately um, remove the blockages and barriers between, you know, where they are right now and where they want to be intimately, sexually and, you know, connected to their partner, lover, spouse. You know, for, for Roberto, that, that often means working with what we call like the masculine 
or the yang, right? You don't have to be a man to have masculine energy. Um, however, he tends to work with men to help them develop like a very deep confidence in themselves that I think a lot of men are lacking. Um, and I specifically help women to embody like their most radiant, authentic expression and truth. And often where that, that stems from is it tends to, uh, with the people that I connect with, it tends to stem from some, some form of sexual trauma. So, um, our throat chakra, right? Our throat, like even anatomically, the way that our throat looks and the way that our pelvic floor looks, they are both diaphragms in our body. If you look at an anatomical level at both of these organs, like the organs of our body, like they look like each other, like, you know, the larynx looks like a vulva, right? So we have a, a very, very intimate connection between our throat and our yoni. And so when there is trauma in the womb, in the yoni, um, in the pelvic floor, and that can be like anything, right? It could be like, you know, you've been in a car accident or you've experienced again, like, you know, horribly sexual trauma, or you even, um, for all of your life have just like sucked in your gut because people told you that you had to have a flat stomach, like whatever those things are that compound over time and create uh, dis-ease in the body, it's impacting the whole system, right? Your whole system is connected. Um, this is the Tantra. This is the, the connection of life. So when we're working with, with couples and singles, we're really looking at a holistic picture of their experience. And ultimately, it's really helping to empower the individual to come home to themselves, come home to their divine energies, both masculine and feminine, yin and yang. And it's truly like divinely orchestrated the way that Roberto and I have started to work together. Um, so that's been a massive lesson, massive, because stepping into that field was really scary, truthfully. Um, totally unknown. I mean, and, and Roberto and I had a, a fantastic, have a fantastic relationship. And at the time we were going like, well, you know, how do we help people learn how to do this? Cause it's not like we are, um, I mean, we are lucky in the sense that I believe luck is when opportunity and preparation meet. Right. So like when people are like, Oh, luck has nothing to do with it. I'm like, no, no, luck has everything to do with it. And I love being lucky because it means that I've actually prepared myself for this opportunity. Now I'm ready to receive it. And that's what I did with Roberto. I spent so much time with uh, relationships that, that, I, that didn't value me because I didn't value myself. Um, some really toxic and challenging relationships that um, though were very painful, I would never take back the learnings that I've received from them. Uh, I don't regret them because it's helped me become who I am now. And it's also helped me have empathy for the people that I work with. So yeah, when, when we were ultimately starting to date, there was a massive, uh, there was an awakening in that respect too. Cause there was, okay, Amanda, like I can continue to live the way I've been living, do the things I've been doing and continue to be in these same relationships that really don't serve me, that don't value me. Um, where I give myself away. I, I walk all over my own boundaries I, you know, literally ignore my own body sensations and have like painful, rough sex for, you know, for, to please someone else, which is wild. Um, we can talk about that too. <laughs> I'm like, or I was like, or I can be in this relationship with this truly very divine man. And, um, that can be very scary for someone to really actually receive the love that they know that they're worth. And Roberto is definitely the most divine man I've ever met. So we were like, okay, 
if we're able to overcome these massive challenges, there's ways that we can teach other people to do that, right? We can, we can help others become prepared and understand the opportunities that are in front of them so that they too feel like they have all the luck and in, in, in abundance in relationships. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I absolutely agree that um, it's luck and preparation. Yes. I talked about this in my episode with my husband that a lot of people say, oh, guys, you were just lucky that you've met each other. But it was not just luck. No. We did so much jo- job before we've met each other. And uh, we also learned so much in previous relationship. Yes. And it's all so important to know. Just yeah. to have this knowledge, this experience and be ready for truly divine relationship and for to sure. meet your soulmate. For sure. Like how like, I'm so grateful to yeah. all my ex-boyfriends. <laughs> Thank you for all this. Thank you so much. Yes. And like when I was there, it was so hard. I was crying and struggling. There was so much pain, so yeah. much um trauma. And now I look back and I'm and I'm like, I'm so happy it happened. I am yeah. who I am because of all this pain and experience I had in my past. And the resilience, like your own, your own resilience through it. I'm really, I was going to ask you, I'm curious to know, like how, you know, you talked about 2012 was an awakening, but you know, how much time, energy and money have you invested in yourself to actually overcome all that, right? Like, it's not like you are like overnight success. Right. Like, so how much, yeah. Like how much time, energy, money, like 10 you, years yeah. and probably over 10,000 years, uh, yeah. dollars of self-development coaching yeah. and programs. And yeah. Yeah. First I had to fall in love with myself yeah. and it took me a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. You probably know to this with your clients too, that they, their self-worth is not high enough. It's one of the biggest challenge girls have. It's kind of like, the double-edged sword because um often the people that I work with and again like it's when I when we say like worth and stuff it's not like that's conscious right it's not like someone some people maybe but not everyone's sitting there going like oh I'm worthless like they're not thinking that they're not aware of it it's the denial right it's like so it might be right in front of you but you're just you can't even see it that's true so sometimes sometimes people are very aware when they're working with me they're they're very aware that mm-hmm. they have had challenges loving themselves or challenges honoring their worth. Um, but this concept of worth is very new in, in, in the, I guess in the space of like just talking openly about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it sometimes is one of those things that people, they, they struggle with worth, but they need to see me for worth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they like, they don't know why they're like, they're like, I, I don't feel worthy to work with you, but also I need to work with you to work on my worth problem. You know what I mean? Um, so it's kind of funny cause I just call it out. I'm like, Hey, like you deserve the life that you want. You deserve the dreams. You deserve the love that you want. It is not too much. It is. You're not asking too much. You are not too much. You are not high maintenance. <laughs> like you just have standards and that's yes. okay. You know, um, you don't have to cut yourself down. You don't have to dim your shine. You don't have to become less of who you are to make someone happy. Neither of you will, will win in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, it's just bringing it to the awareness of like, Hey, like you're never going to live the life you want with the mindset that you have now. A lot of work, but so exciting. <laughs> yeah. And it's so much fun. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I remember when I started to fall in love with myself, I literally was like, I would see myself and like flirt with myself mm-hmm. or like, you know, have a night to myself. I'm like, man, yes, I love hanging out with yes. myself. Like you literally go through 
that new relationship energy that you have in a relationship, mm-hmm. you do that with yourself. Yeah. I started to take myself on a date. Yeah. In a restaurant or bar, yeah. just having a drink with myself. Yeah. Enjoy <laughs> date night. Yeah. And I started to realize, hmm, I actually, I am interesting. And uh, once you fall in love with yourself, it's easier for somebody to fall in love with you. Yeah. I started to get myself presents yeah. and just dresses, flowers. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Tell me what's the difference between feminine and masculine energy? Ooh, okay. I love this question. Yeah. Okay. So I'll start by uh, prefacing that, you know, we, we say masculine and feminine and there is a binary there, right? So like there are people that don't identify as men or women or, you know, they're, they're, they're diverse in their gender identity or even um, they're very fluid in their sexuality so I'll just preface this by saying that this is this is my understanding of it and it does not have to be everyone's. But I find that, you know, when it comes to these like laws of the universe that I've learned to uh, to work within, you know, whether you want to call it masculine or feminine or yin or yang, like it's this push and pull energy. It's the give and receive. It's the take and allow. There is a natural energy that moves between the masculine and feminine or the yin and yang. Um, and that you cannot have only one. It just won't Mm -hmm. work. It's like looking at the yin yang symbol and Mm -hmm. being like, Oh, we'll just take half of that. Well, then you don't have the harmony of the whole. So the, the masculine or the yang is everything that is finite. It's everything that already has existed. It is the active energy. It is the, structure the safety the like the box so to speak um it's grounded it is immovable it is sometimes referred to as like consciousness or focused attention Mm -hmm. so again like this is a this is a big concept right it's not just about like i'm in my masculine if i'm you know in these very male archetypes it's really it goes beyond that even which is where then as you know as myself someone who identifies as a woman as a as a femme like i can still receive the concepts of masculine. I can still be like, mm-hmm. I am embodying my masculine mm-hmm. energy by right now creating structure in my day so that I can flow within it. I can be in my feminine within that boundary. So um, the masculine, yeah, the masculine, what the masculine craves is uh, is peace and, and also to play um, with the feminine. So like when you think of um, of a beautiful woman and she's like dancing and she's moving and she's just having a good time, like she is like, you cannot take your eyes off of her, right? That's the masculine being like, oh my God, I just want to worship her, right? I just want to give to her because she just wants to receive that worship. She just mm-hmm. wants to like bask in it and play <laughs> and kind of tease and lure. Like that's the feminine. It's very passive. It's very like, come over here. Like, yeah, kind of like that Venus flytrap, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and that energy, the feminine is infinite, right? Where the masculine is finite. It's like, this is everything that I can see. It's happened before. It's logical. The feminine is very, um, irrational, not in a bad way. Like just, it's not logical. It's fluid. It's intuitive. It's sensitive. It's emotional. It's loving. It's nurturing. It's also very chaotic. It's like the weather. Even our hormone system is uh, more complicated. That's yeah. why we are much more complex <laughs> and chaotic one day. Right. We yeah. have PMS someday. Yeah. We want a chocolate one day. We just want to Oh my hugs. God. Yeah. 
when yeah. I try to do things masculine, it's like I, I make myself laugh because I'll, you know, I'll say to Roberto, I'm like, you got to do it like this. And the next day I'm like, don't do that. Do this. And then I'm like, I'm sorry. I, you're just do your masculine thing. Like yeah. I'm just in my feminine and I'm just like, blah, 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 like all over the place. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, that feminine, it's very, it's infinite. It is also like when you think of like, like, you know, the sun and the moon, it's like the sun is very powerful and like, you know, it's, it's intense. It's hot. It's that action, that yang, right? It's like, mm-hmm. go, 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 do, do, do. Mm-hmm. And yet we cannot have only yang. Otherwise, like, you know, we'd, we'd be like, the world would be like a desert. Like it would literally yeah, burn up everything. Absolutely. So like the feminine is like the, like you think of like the womb, it's like dark and it's potential. And it's like the place of pure, infinite possibilities. It's the quantum realm. It's the unconscious. It's all the things that we don't know that we don't know. Wow. Like I love talking about the masculine and feminine because when you, when you eventually like first layers to go like, okay, as, as people that identify as men or women and people that want to be more in their masculine or in their feminine, there are ways to evoke that within yourself. But then as you start to do that, you start to go a layer deeper and recognize that like, regardless of whether you're a man, woman, or, or otherwise identify, everyone has these action or passive energies. They have the, the, the potential versus what has already happened. Um, they both need the the doing and the being, the reflecting, like the moon, right? The moon is reflective. It's just mm-hmm. like it's quiet. It's it's deep. It's intense. You know, if the moon can affect our tides, it can affect our emotions. Where We are water, right? Yeah. So it's like recognizing that there is just so much unknown, but that's also the realm of possibility and beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, and that these energies, like they cannot we cannot only have feminine either. Otherwise we would literally have yeah. pure chaos. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the feminine seeks to feel safe. She wants to be, um, I don't want to say contained, but more so like, like protected, protected and structured. And like, you know, it's like grounded, yeah, <laughs> grounded. <laughs> Whereas the masculine sees her and goes, I want to be as wild and free as her. Right. So like, this is where these opposites, these polarities attract And this is the basis of desire and passion. So if you're in a relationship with someone and you're both trying to be like this yang energy, you're butting heads all the time. You're both trying to do and tell each other what to do and create the structure. And like no one is willing to be in their feminine, right? No one's willing to go, oh yeah, you you take, take the wheel. I'll just (laughs) surrender and going along for the ride to receive. You get people that, you know, are trying to out alpha each other or out yeah, like dominate each other, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the opposite is like, if you have two people that are both in their feminine, you have like two emotional people who don't know how to like ground in that experience mm-hmm. and nothing can get done. Like, it's like, oh, we're just getting high again today and doing nothing. Like that's not, you know, that's, that's not good either. So um, we don't want to have only one or the other. And I think that in life, we complete each other. Totally. Totally. And it's like the harmony within ourselves allows us to harmonize within someone Mm -hmm. like with, with someone else. Mm -hmm. Right. So I can't rely on Roberto to be the only masculine force in my life. There've been times where I'm like, I'm, I want to be feminine. You're masculine. You be masculine. But then I'm giving up all of my own masculine power to him. Right. And then I'm expecting him to never be feminine because like I'm the feminine one. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not fair either because he needs to also honor his emotions and be creative and playful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't want to be in these such polarity that we can't 
integrate and harmonize with each other. Yeah. Do you see? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. I think it's really helpful to be aware of how much you are uh, feminine and how much you are masculine and the same for your partner yeah. and how much your polarity works. Yeah. Because if you both... 95% muscular it's not gonna work yeah but if you are for example me and my husband he's 95% yes. masculine I am 95% yes, yeah. feminine <laughs> and it works perfectly yes, yes and I know some couples vice versa I used to believe that woman only has to be feminine man has to be masculine because I'm from very traditional background yeah and I thought man he's supposed to bring a beast to the cave and a woman should just protect the cave <laughs> and like make sure kids are not hungry and uh, uh now I saw so many couples who are the opposite. I saw mm-hmm. couples when woman is very successful, very goal-oriented, very organized, and she's the head of the family, and man, just a creative somewhere, head in the cloud, but he loves her, she loves him, they have yeah. kids, they're absolutely happy. Yeah, And yeah. it works. Yes. And they are in marriage for 20 years, and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a wake-up call for me. And yeah. I realized it's all about polarities. Oh, absolutely. I have, I'm thinking of similar, similarly, I have friends like that where I'm imag- I can see like, you know, these, these very um, divinely masculine men, right? And when I say divine, it's like that, that harmony, right? They're able to honor both feminine and masculine. Like, I don't, I don't believe you can be a divine masculine if you're like, but I don't honor the feminine. Well, yeah. That's not divine. Like yeah. divinity recognizes the the wholeness, like all of connection, right? Mm-hmm. So I see these men and I think actually this world really, really needs like a balance of both, right? It's not just about having only respect and honor for the men that are in their yang, but also honoring the men that are like strong enough to be in their yin and to be in their own feminine because they're like, hey, like I... I don't need to be over there to, to recognize, you know, my power here. So both, both energies are powerful and that everyone has them. And I think even with the way that the world is shifting, we're, we're seeing so many millennials and younger, like Zen, Zen G. Yeah. The, um, or Gen, Generation Z. There we go. Yeah. And like Zen G. <laughs> um, we're seeing much younger people, you know, non-conforming to these very binary ways of thinking where they're going like, well, I'm, I'm non-conforming or I don't identify or um, identify as a man, even though biologically they have the parts of a woman. Like, I think that people are just starting to really, it's ultimately so diverse and so personal, right? I think that regardless of how you want to frame it, there's yin and yang energy. There's push and pull, give, yes. receive. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm giving you a gift and I'm trying to give you a gift while you're trying to give me a gift, we're just bumping gifts into each other. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there has to be that, that natural mm-hmm. dance and harmony. Yes. Giving and receiving. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so good. So powerful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautiful questions. <laughs> oh yeah. That's important. Thank you so much. Thank it's you. It's amazing. And, uh, uh, for our listeners, where can they uh, learn more about you and what you do? Yeah. Um, where can we find you your Instagram or yeah. website? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, my Instagram is Amanda Rasam. So Amanda R A S S A M. And my website, Roberto and I have a website called theconsciouscouple.ca where you can reach us there and get to know us. And so invite all your questions, you know, DM us, like, you know, if you have any feedback, anything you're learning, like mm-hmm. I love nerding out with people about this mm-hmm. stuff. So 
Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Olga. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening. Let me know if you have any questions. Please comment. Uh, feel free to reach out to me or Amanda. We would love to answer your questions. Namaste. Namaste.